By now you must know your father can never be turned from the dark side. So will it be. Yeah. Perhaps you refer to the imminent attack on your rebel fleet. I assure you, we are quite safe from your friends here. Your overconfidence is your weakness. Your faith in your friends is yours. It is pointless to resist, my son. It's Maddie and Patty, coast to coast from Brooklyn. This is Patty McMenamin to San Francisco. It's Matt Younger. Say hello, Maddie. Hey, Patty. How you doing, buddy? Doing well. We have some evil to face this weekend, Maddie. That's right. Are you, ready? Are you ready to face it? The greatest evil. The greatest evil there is. Oh, I'm ready. Well, welcome to the Cleveland Sports Hour with Maddie and Patty. We are two self-aware but unapologetic homers who spend far too much time watching, reading, and thinking about the Cavs, the Browns, and the Tribe. But this week, most of the Cavs. So if you come to, if you like to, uh, if you like the informed, intelligent Cleveland fans' perspective, you've come to the right place. Uh, so, Maddie, the new Star Wars. Opened this past weekend. What? Yes, you you didn't hear about this new star. I didn't even know they were making a new Star Wars. Yes, yes the timeless space opera of an unstoppable juggernaut taken down by a, pluck, a band of plucky freedom fighters. They got an update, uh, and since every single media outlet uh, that, uh, except the ones that you're watching, Maddie, uh, is incorporating yeah. Star Wars marketing into their material, I figure why not us? Um, but with the upcoming Christmas Day matchup against the uh, Golden State Warriors, I couldn't help but think of this classic scene between Luke Skywalker and Emperor Palpatine. Because, you know, a lot of people think Golden State's power stems from their oozing confidence. And so I always think of this scene when I hear someone being super cocky uh, and over the top. Your overconfidence is your weakness. Your faith in your friends is yours. Uh, however, uh, I think they might be a little more like, uh, this is a spoiler alert here for anyone who still has not uh, seen the movie and still gives a shit. Uh, they remind me a little more of Kylo Ren. Ooh, Patty. They get their power from perceived slights and fits of childish rage. Either oh, way. I think that's very apt. Yeah, I agree. Uh, either way, uh, the Cavs face daunting odds on Christmas Day, and I, uh, I don't like our chances. No? Uh, I, it's not without hope, but it's, uh, you know, you know it's, stranger things can happen, like the, in the sa- lightsaber duels at the end of The, uh, uh, the Force Awakens. Uh, but look, anyway, this week we're going to focus the entire podcast on the matchup Cavs Warriors Christmas Day. I mean, we'll also take a look, quick look at how the Cavs have fared in the, the week leading up to this big matchup. And we'll ask whether the return of Shump will be enough because, damn it, Maddie, that boy was our last hope. Yeah. Now, Pat, there's another. There's another? Come on, Pat. Kyrie's back. Oh, of course. Of course. Kyrie Irving is back. Come on now. Well, yeah, just yeah. I'm an old man. What can I say? I forget these things, uh, and and I, I just just to show the, the commitment to excellence that, that I'm showing here, I'm willing to make myself look like an ass to to work at another Star Wars reference um, for for fans. <laughs> there. Uh, anyway, if we finish this up with enough time, I know we have a tight time frame here. Uh, we'll give our quick takes on the new Star Wars movie. Plus, and most importantly, how my son has learned everything he needs to know about being a Cleveland sports fan from the new Star Wars movie. Hmm. Let's kick this off, shall we? Uh, uh, start, let's do some house cleaning first, Maddie. Uh, is, is your lovely, beautiful wife Mimi watching something in the background? No, she's just 
She's talking in the background. Oh my god! Can we, I know. Can, how, how can, dare we give her a stir, can we give her a stern look? I'm giving. <laughs> I'm giving her a stern look. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. I think we probably do the podcast by 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 doing anything to um, offend your beautiful, wonderful, peerless wife. Um, but speaking of the podcast, uh, uh, I, I, I've been thinking about the podcast lately. Uh, you know, recently at a holiday party, uh, someone asked about this podcast or came up in the course of conversation. And he started looking up on, on his phone uh, in iTunes. And he found – he just did a search for Cleveland sports. And, Maddie, do you know where we turned up? Where? Sixth. What? Sixth. Like right behind, like, Cleveland Plain Dealer and uh, I don't know who else. But, you know. If you search for Cleveland sports on iTunes, we're like the sixth result. Yeah, my, That's my... either very great or extremely sad. Uh, I, don't I, don't I think extremely great because no one's really listening to this podcast except our friends, uh, which aren't that many because people don't like us. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's a testament to our SEO power. You know, we're, we're marketing this thing the right way. Uh, but then my friend, I learned another lesson from this. My friend then lost all color in his face when he glanced at the average uh, uh, running times. Ooh. our podcast yeah that's you're asking for a huge commitment yes. so i said you know what you're probably right and just just a final uh, uh closing uh, note on this i did the drive to cleveland again uh, uh there and back in five days uh two days there two days back one day without driving so i, I listened to a lot of podcasts on, on star wars uh, and this is one podcast called the star wars minute it is literally a podcast devoted, every single episode is devoted to one single minute of every Star Wars film from beginning to end. It's that's, insanely nerdy. That's really pushing it, isn't it? Yeah, but you know what they did? Each episode is like 10 to 20 minutes. Ah. It's really palatable. You know, you, you don't get too bogged down and it kind of kind of flows pretty quickly. So, uh, if, and that's a pretty popular podcast. It actually exists and people actually follow it and are really into it. So, if, you know, that, that there seemed like there was a lesson there, Maddie. You think you learned something? I don't know. I've already spent 10 minutes blabbing about the podcast. I was going to – Patty, this is going to be really hard for you. <laughs> I don't know if I can pull this off. I'm, uh, I'm down, but uh, you editing yourself, I don't have a lot of confidence in. Um, hey, you know what? If, uh, if Luke Skywalker could bring Darth Vader back from the dark side, I, I think I can, I can do the same for myself. So let's, uh, let, let's, let's get right to it, Matty. Okay. Before we get to the Warriors, like, what do you see in the last week? We had uh, a big win against Boston, an even bigger, uh, surprising win against Oklahoma City, and then uh, the return of Kyrie Irving uh, on Sunday. Uh, now, again, we're recording this before the Knicks game on Wednesday night, just with timing. We don't have time to do it uh, uh, later than that. Um, so hopefully that all will go well there, or at least nothing earth-changing will happen. Um, so given that, Natty, what, what are your biggest observa observations going into the matchup? So one uh... – Shumpert's really helpful for this team. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, we sort of knew that. We were worried about their perimeter defense, and I think he's come in and helped that right away. Yeah. Um, didn't I, like how many times did you hear Isaiah Thomas's name during that Celtics game? <laughs> oh my God, he had a horrible game. He had not, three points. Not a whole lot, something yeah. like that. And um, Shump was great. And to be fair, to interrupt you briefly, but to be fair, uh, Mo wasn't playing that game, right? He was injured. So who started uh, on him was uh, Delhi, and Delhi did a decent job on him too. Delhi started mm -hmm. off on, on uh, uh, Isaiah Thomas and, yeah. and also did a good job. But go, but go ahead. Um, so that pleased me. Mm -hmm. um, in general, in that matchup, you know, I think the Celtics are a very well-coached team. They're deep. They can give you some problems. They don't worry me too much in the playoffs. 
Yeah. Um, I think we can, I think we can mess around with them and their lack of a, a superstar is pretty glaring. They're cowards. Um, yeah. So if they, <laughs> if they get there, I was a little disappointed. Kevin Love didn't rip Kelly Olenek's arm off, but yeah, yeah. Now, what I was not disappointed in, Pat, this is an aside, but we, I think we need to talk about how amazing J.R. Smith's response was to if he was going to give Jay Crowder an apology. <laughs> oh, That's some of the God. highest quality J.R. Smith I have ever heard. Oh, it was fantastic. I mean, first he, heard. first he just I, he, he just laughed right and said yes. no, no. I mean, he was a little more magnanimous after the game, right? But not uh, so much. Not really. It, kind of in a backhanded way. Well, he said he said he'll get it eventually. I wouldn't. I wouldn't I hold would, it. I, I tell. Wouldn't he? Shouldn't hold his breath though. Hold his breath. <laughs> I will long. say this: it takes a lot of balls to ask another man for an apology. <laughs> he wants to get chippy. Things got chippy. chippy. That's yeah, what happens. That's what happens. You got. And you know you what? Got what you deserve. Yeah, he's absolutely Jay, right. Hundred percent right. Hundred percent right. Ah. Uh, I was so pleased with him. So, so that that was a fun takeaway. In general, from that game, go though. Great to have Shump back. I feel like we can do whatever we want with those. Not do whatever we want with those guys. They're better than that. But yeah, um, yeah. I felt good. I was exceedingly impressed with the win against uh, Oklahoma City. Absolutely. No Shump, no Kyrie. I thought we were going to be in big trouble. It was going to be Westbrook all over us. Mm-hmm. Um. It's a really impressive game, especially considering when you know fell behind by double digits in the first quarter or first first half. Did it again in the third again quarter. Third, yeah. Um, I, I sort of counted us out both those times early in the game. I was just like, well, they're just not going to have it tonight. This this is too much, and they really um got it out and played well. And this, despite my concerns, uh, you and I didn't didn't apparently squash our beef altogether. Yeah, Maddie, because... uh, Maddie, are we still fighting? Are we still fighting? I thought we were. I thought we. Uh, I thought we reached a reproachment last week. Last last time. Last episode. It's no, we didn't. We we well, we kept fighting after that last episode for sure. True. That's true. We definitely were still fighting. Um, Maddie, I'll just say this: you, you net were things worse last year at this time of year than they yes. are now. A hundred percent. You were never, you were never this despairing last year. So it's caught me off guard. Like, and so I the, just, the stakes I, are higher, Patty. They were high last year. No, nah, there's the first year we expected uh, it to take some time. We didn't know if it was going to work. Now we know that it works, but the we window also, is open. We've got this juggernaut against us that we're very concerned about. But we also know we could turn the shit on in February, the way nah, the Spurs I, always do. There's, I there's, don't trust that. Yeah, I, I I did not expect this, and it's start it's starting to stick in my craw. Well, uh, you know, as I don't because like you and I don't actually disagree about most of the criticisms. I think we disagree on some of the severities, how likely the possible outcomes are. But what the fuck do we know? Yeah, and how worried you should be as a Cavs. So you know, Pat, you know, at, at the end of a game, if the Cavs are up by like five with uh, a minute left, and there's some people who are like, "Game's over. This feels great." Yeah. And you're like, no, no, it's not. Doesn't feel great. A lot of bad things can happen. Yeah, but that's but, that's where I'm at right now. That's in game, Matt. It must be like 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 emotionally crippling to go through every day of your life. Yeah, being at grow that, up, being grow at up. that. What we're going doing? to blow this, blow this every single day of your life. I, I I get on with my life, Maddie. And then when the games happen, that's why I sink into my despair moment of. We're not up by 40 points. We're going to lose this game. Well, I'm glad one of <laughs> us is really taking this seriously, Pat. <laughs> Gee, I just, I'm worried about you, Maddie. This is, this is. This You're is... walking around like one of the girls that went to high school with us in 1995 <laughs> when the Indians suddenly got good. <laughs> That's how you make me feel when you don't take this so seriously. This, see, and this is how we this get, is it. But this is how we get into fights, Maddie. You then take it to the extreme level of painting me 
as as this guy that's saying everything's going to be all right. I'm not saying that. I'm just not going to say everything's everything's shit. Game I'm over. Not saying it's Game shit. over, man. Game over. I'm just, I'm just you're, worried. You're, you're, you no. If I'm going to take if I'm going to do to you what you do to me, I will paint you as Bill Paxton in Aliens. Well, Paxton is just. Man, we're fucked. Then it's then it's just an arms race. <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna keep one up with each other. Uh, anyway, just but to be clear about how I feel, I am very concerned. I see plenty of reasons to hope, and I am choosing to cling to those now. But once the games happen, I go right back to source, which is you know we had like a lead of I think of like we had we had a double digit lead. Yeah, late, late in the fourth quarter of that game, I was convinced we were gonna lose. I was convinced we were gonna lose. Yeah, I was we really started coughing it up. Oh, totally. Dumb turnovers, as I recall. Yes, was yes. That's a big problem. Um, so I was right with you in, in that. But, like, I, I just – man, I've got so much Cleveland sports to spare. I can't let it follow me every single day. I have to have reasons for so hope. That, and I, honestly, and Maddie, you know what? Honestly, last year, even though we lost in the finals, um, I, I, you, know, you know, I had that, that uh, Winston Churchill uh, uh, episode moment where I said, fuck it. You know what? So what if we're going to fucking lose? I'm, I'm not going into these games with that fucking bullshit attitude. I'm going to go into this game with confidence, and I will lose that confidence as the game goes on. <laughs> I will go to my shell, my, my fear bunker, as the game goes on, but I'm not going to fucking enter into it anymore like that. I'm just going to fuck it. You know, I'm, I'm going to have confidence because, you know what? we got nothing else. And we know what's going to happen. If, if I'm convinced that we're going to lose because we're the Cavs and because we're Cleveland, then I'm going to at least have a good fucking time while doing it. I'm gonna go down fighting like a man. That's how I feel. So that's that's my that maybe is, is informing my my clinging to optimism. I think also I'm reacting to you, your overwhelming despair. I just have to do the opposite. Overwhelming despair is too much. I just I feel like I'm expressing realistic concerns. But your realistic concerns come across as as a black hole of emptiness. That's that's just to you. <laughs> I guess because I there's a black hole inside me, so it's, yeah, it's, you're ready. The, the dark side is calling it's very, to you it's all very, the time. It's very reactive. Yeah, it's a very forced response. Calling to you constantly. You have to fight that battle every day. You trigger the dark side in me. It's it's you know it's all. There. So anyway, that right, game, yeah, that game when when we got back into it, I was particularly worried because it felt like Love and Titi, especially in the first half, were just getting played off the off the court. Yes, first half they were they were completely. This is what started our fight, was that TT and Love were playing some of the worst basketball. Well, they've been playing – this is how they've been playing a lot lately, right? They've been playing – you know, Love is missing outside shots. Love's making bad passes and turnovers that aren't entirely his fault. Some of them are LeBron's. But, like, there's that communication where you're like, ah, why don't you guys just get each other? And TT was just invisible, fucking invisible on the court, right, first yep. half. But completely different story second half, No. Yeah, he. I mean, TT especially came alive. Kevin Love never really. I mean, he had that crazy four-point play and hit another big three, and that was well, great. Well, but but a lot of the times that TT was was throwing on those monster jams, as TT himself pointed out, he was he was making those drives down the side that Kevin Love was on the outside, which kept the guy pinned pinned away to help and all that stuff. Um, yeah, but I can say more than the jams though. Was his offensive oh, rebounding is what oh. made the biggest difference in that game. That was vintage TT, and that's what yes. we needed to do. Yes. And that, that's our answer to the athletic lineups, right? I just need <laughs> to see that all the time from him. Not, I, uh, agreed. Agreed. Because, like, you know uh, – uh, That shouldn't take a night off. I understand, shoot, you know, shooters, sometimes you have it. You don't have it on an individual night. Um, but that effort thing, he's got to dial that what, up what all think, the time. What do you think it is? Because TT is the one kind of guy that I don't really worry about his effort and his focus. He's one of those guys that his head seems to be right all the time. 
see ball, get ball. Like he's got the right focus. What's it, it, has he been hurt? Has he just been like out of it, out of sync? What what do you think's been going on? Is he just not good enough? Yeah, I don't. I'm I'm not. I don't know if the, his defensive assignments are taking him. But that no, that's not that's not it because his defensive rebounding has never been great. It's his offensive. Re- I, I I don't know. Yeah, it's. I it's honestly crazy. don't know if teams if if bigger t- bigger uh, guys are able to keep him off the boards a little easier because he's still not. I know he worked on his strength and conditioning, the strength, excuse me, really specifically in the off season, um, but he's still pretty slender. Maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe he's been trying to you know muscle and box out, and then he just gets shoved out of position because he's never going to be that guy. What makes him so good? All of his rebounds, he was not in position. All of the rebounds, second half, I kept seeing him just snipe through the certain lane, catch this angle, like yes, the like ball Andy, Andy style. Yeah, like I remember what I thought was preternatural about um, uh, TT last year. And he said this was like he spends time watching the ball come off the rim. He's got a good sense of where it's going to go. I feel like he does actually have an edge on people. And it says that he has a good knack for here's where the ball's coming. I have a muscle memory of where it's going to bounce, and I move before it even hits the rim. You start seeing him do that. He starts moving before the ball hits the rim, and he happens to be in the spot, right spot before anyone can react. Yeah. That's how he got his rebounds. And I feel like it's just – I think maybe he just psyched himself out about, like, trying to change his game, and you don't want guys doing that when something works. Don't, don't fucking fix it. And I also took, took him as, as being just an effort player that missing the preseason wouldn't really be a big deal for him. Yeah. But maybe it was. Yeah. I, th- I don't think that's impossible. There's something to be said for that. And that he needed uh-huh. to work himself back into that. I think that's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was happy with how they came through in the second half, their play in the first half forward, because that, you know, the, the strength of the Thunder is not their front line. Right. Bach is good, but uh, Steven Adams and Nick Collison and Enos Cantor. Cantor, Jesus are not well, a front line that should be dominating our front line. True, but one thing that's interesting is that like Kevin Love is, the, is I think, uh, uh, the, the core of our dispute, right, um, in terms of your despair. I feel like you're not as despairing on TT, although you, you, you have it hard on him, but it's Kevin Love who's got the, who's got the mass contract. It's Kevin Love who is well, really we have higher not expectations athletic. for Kevin Love, sure, right? Certain, we think certainly. Kevin Love is a better player than TT. No, absolutely. He should be paid more, right? And he, I mean, he certainly has more skills. He just doesn't have his athleticism, and is that, you know – is that an Achilles heel that, that makes him more like, you know, a slightly wealthier version of David Lee? I, th- I feel like that's your fear at the end of the day is that he's going to be turning into David Lee, which is yes. a worthless player that we can't play because he can't stay on the court. That's correct. Yeah. Um, I think he's one smarter than David Lee. I'm giving you my optimistic stuff. I'm, 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 I'm playing the foil here, right? So, so just, just understand. I, I understand uh, Kevin Love's limitations. And also the ultimate Cleveland thing that we that uh, we had Andrew Wiggins who looks pretty good too. Don't think that isn't floating around in the back of my head. Oh, certainly, certainly. Although Ke- the, the Wiggins, look, and I, I have a big bet going against our friend Jeff Versteeg about who's going to be the better um, offensive pro. And the point is, obviously, most of Wiggins' value is in his defense too. So, but but his offenses said, looked excellent. Yes, but inefficient, I think, by all metrics, right? Like, yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. But he's that, no, 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 but that's twenty years old. No, no, but that's, but that's the thing, and that's you know, so it's not a sure deal yet. But no, I love Andrew Wiggins, and it's you know, a tough thing. I, I, I still get why we did it. Um, but Kevin Love um, can shoot threes. Uh, he has not been shooting them very well this year. He has, he also has a quick release, which has been frustrating when he doesn't use it. You know, he's got mm-hmm. the super, he's got the superstar quick release with the percentage that you're wondering where his shot went, and you just feel like it's going to come back because he had enough years in a row of it being a high percentage. And uh, 
And he gets plenty of open looks, too. He does. He's been passing because his, his shot's just off. I just – you got to feel like in the course of a long season, he's going to find his stroke back. You know, it's a very streaky kind of thing. It's a confidence kind of thing. And he keeps saying how he gets – he feels the stroke better when he gets to, like, get on, uh, you know, under the basket and work, work from inside out. The concern then is, right, your concern, how, can he work from inside out when he's playing um, – sorry, just a little kiss from the wife, middle of the podcast. Nice. Um, any of the plus defenders. Yeah, can't, can't wait. Especially lengthy uh, uh, guys. Guys with length. Guys with the extra athleticism, and also just good defensive schemes that that know how to like double down on him, right? And before yeah. he can get the ball handled, if he can't work from inside out, does he become worthless? And last year he wasn't worthless, even when he didn't play inside out. Even though even when we were wasting his talent, right? We were just using him as a really expensive version of Ryan Anderson, right? He made the team so much fucking better just by spacing the floor. I mean, I hit those threes. So even against those lineups, he's still a really valuable player to have out there. And I feel like that's what happened in the second half of OKC. Did you notice that even though he got ran off the court in the first half, part of it was foul trouble, by the way. He got pushed out of foul trouble. Some bullshit fouls, too, by the way. It was, yeah. it was some bad fouls. And that's partly why he was out in the first half. But second half, he was out there doing all the big runs. He was, he was the prime guy out there with TT. We, we, it was Mozgov who was sitting. We had TT and Love. TT at the five, Mozgov – sorry, Love at the four. And Love was not a um, minus the way he was in the first half. Yeah. Uh, even the threat of him. So that's, that's – what I'm getting at is I think what's important about Love and important about the way this team is constructed is that I feel like we have a really flexible team that can play almost any style – we don't necessarily play the best. We won't necessarily play uh, uh, each style the best. We won't play. We won't, we're not going to be the best uh, grind it out team. We're not going to be the best um, running gun team. We're not going to be the best uh, uh, pace and space team or whatever. We're not going to be the best athletic team. But we can match up against all those guys and then it, it, to an even draw. And then we have Kyrie and we have LeBron. Right. Love, so, love it, is not. Love is not. Love is the lowest of the three. He is. He's now obviously the biggest. The lowest of the three. I'm okay with paying a mass contract for that, given the flexibility he gives the lineup. So what will be interesting, Patty, is Christmas Day is the yeah. ultimate test of this, right? The Warriors yes, is. are the ultimate test of that, and a test of, in my mind, how far that theory of yours goes and yes. how, what kind of coach Blatt is, right? Because he needs to be willing to make those adjustments and go to it. And it'll be fascinating to see if, we, if he's willing to sit, not just love, because he's shown that he's willing to sit love, in those spots, but is oh, he willing yeah. to sit love and TT and will, do we roll out a lineup against the, the Warriors lineup of death with LeBron at the five? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Your call of LeBron at the five and then, um, and then some mix of Sean JR, Smith, Kyrie uh, and, and Delhi. Delhi. I mean, that would be fascinating. That would be balls. If you pull that out at some point, they just said, you know what? Fuck you guys. LeBron at the center. Why wouldn't you do that against that lineup? Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. I mean, I, what's also interesting, too, is I feel like you can also get – if they, if they have other guys that can plug in to keep that lineup or some form of that lineup on the floor longer, then we want to keep all five of our guys out there. I'm still confident plugging in TT in a spot, love in a spot. You lose defense on one, offense in the other, right? But, you know, those are, those are pretty athletic. You know, I, I, you know, I, think, I feel like Love can keep with – I don't know. Can he keep with Draymond? 
he can sort of keep up with Draymond. I don't know that he can keep up with all the other s- stuff on switches that you'd have to do, which is no, where you like. TT certainly could. TT, you can. Um, So he's playable. But it feels like those six to me with some mix of, uh, I don't know. I mean, you could play Jefferson a little bit there. Mo can get in a little bit. Uh, Um, No, no, no. I wouldn't do that. I I would keep it to those. I would keep it because what what Love can do is then space it out in the offense and make it really deadly, right? And and and, and he could also punish on, on, on the post in a way that TT can't quite. And the That's, second thing is, is there's a lot of guys in that lineup. Remind me that what's the full lineup of death? It's it's Curry, it's it's Clay, it's Dre, it's um, at the Barnes five, and five. Barnes and Iguodala. Barnes and Iguodala. Well, Iguodala. Barnes, I feel like I'm I'm happy with Love switching on to. Honestly, I, I'm not that worried about Barnes because what is Barnes going to post him up? It's, I mean, drive, could, drive right past him. Past him probably, but Iguodala, I you know, can certainly drive past him. But That's the thing is that all he has to do. The problem we did this with with Mosca. We put Mosca on Iguodala. Remember last in the finals. I remember. I think Iguodala was the finals MVP. Yes, he was. No, but no. But here, but here's the problem. It wasn't Iguodala's driving, right? It was Iguodala hitting wide open three point shots. Yes. Love is a little bit quicker that he can at least get within three feet of Iguodala and maybe not get blown past. I, 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 I look. I'm this is this is a long shot. I don't think that he can keep up with these guys, but I think the results might be a little bit better than Moscow so, and Iguodala. Put it, put, so is, is that is that fair? Uh, uh, love on Iguodala and Harrison Barnes will be better than that's, that's fair. I think it's, impo- it's important to note that that's the 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 Warriors lineup of death does not play the whole game, right? They usually Precis- use that precisely. as a closer at the end at another point. So I think it's our willingness to adjust and match that aggressively. Mm-hmm. And then our ability to punish the other lineups they have with Kevin, like that's where Kevin Love's got to come through when Bo gets in the game, when Maurice Spates is in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they play Jason Thompson really. I haven't seen him not, in not with really. them, but wh- wh- whenever their other backup big Festus is those guys, can he come right. in and do damage against them? Yeah. And if he's getting outplayed by those guys, I'm going to be freaking furious. Yeah. And I hope you can understand why. Oh, certainly. I mean, because that's where he's got to come through. I don't expect him to be able to hang with the lineup of death, right? That's an exceedingly unique thing in the history of the NBA. And I think the only thing that really lets us adjust to that, the thing that makes that work is that they have Draymond Green, right? Who can play, who can guard fives and do all this other stuff. We have LeBron James, who, while he has a different center of gravity than, than Draymond and is probably a little less robust in the post, I trust him in a pinch to do that. And I certainly trust him to do it against Draymond. Also, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I haven't been watching the Warriors enough, probably. Uh, um, I, I think Draymond posting up is, 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 is we would fucking love. To no, no, no. They're not going to post him up. I just mean his post defense. That's where his, he's valuable oh. is a lot of depth because you can guard anybody else. He can guard a traditional five oh, oh, for, oh, for those stretches. Oh, 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 so yeah, teams yeah. that try to match them with their normal units, mm-hmm. if we were just continuing to roll Mozgov and Love and whoever else out there, he can, he can handle those guys. But that's what I think we're going to do. Easily enough. But, but that's, that's what I mean. I don't want to – if they're going to that, I want to hit them with our our best lineup, which I think can hang with those guys defensively, has tons of shooting, um, has freaking LeBron. Here's what I think is going to end up happening, which we're going to see a lot of – I think we're going to see a lot of creative post-ups with LeBron again, just like last time in the regular season in particular. You remember last season we did the post-up with LeBron. We had it in the finals too. But the reason we went to the post-up with LeBron – was that because we knew we didn't want Kevin Love. Well, first of all, they weren't doing a lot of post-ups with Kevin Love anyways. Um, but we knew that Draymond was not going to cover LeBron. And that meant LeBron had a favorable matchup on post-ups, right? Yep. And they had to pick the poison. Um, if they want to switch out and put Draymond on LeBron, 
uh, that then gives Kevin Love a really tasty matchup or Mozgov or whatever, you know, uh, uh, a tasty matchup. Uh, so I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how we use post-ups to set up the outside game. Because I saw us doing that. We had this one mismatch with LeBron. Like, I think you might see a lot of LeBron in this game. One, he's super amped for it. Um, and I think he's going to use that to start the offense. Um, and we might. I'm, I'm really hoping for some – actually, let me take a step back. I'm hoping for some creative plays that start with LeBron in the post and wind up with Kevin Love in the post somehow, right? Yeah. Posting, switch out, you know, double screens. However, this is the question, right? I remember when we played the Hawks, Hawks were so amped for us last year in the regular season. They ran us off the court, right? And I remember saying at the time, this seemed dumb of them. Yeah, they ran us off the court, but they showed us – they basically showed their hand how they're going to play us on defense. Yes. That seems dumb. Why would you waste a potential, you know, win steal in the playoffs by showing us that? The Warriors certainly aren't going aren't to show us anything, anything special. They're going to they're going to play their vanilla sets. They're going to they're going to I mean they're going to play hard. They want to beat us, but I don't think they're going to bring out anything special. They're not going to unveil any grand plans. No, I think they've unveiled what they can unveil. I don't know that they have another thing. Uh, I don't know. I don't know enough about basketball. I don't know enough about basketball I, to, to be able to say definitively. Their big move was the else. small ball lineup they went to in the finals against us that mm-hmm. that they didn't know could work that happened. For oh, for by by chance for a lot of reasons and I'm, now ends up just destroying the league right I, I don't think they've got another button to push other than reversing course and going big or something I agree with you Pat I mean what you're saying is maybe we don't want to tip our hand yeah and we're willing to, to throw this game in December um not throw it but but no, not but not show all our cards because use it uh, use our it. response to the lineup of death might be something we want to hang on to for the potential finals match use it as an exhibition match. You know yeah. I mean, use it as an exhibition match where you want to see us play really hard and really well, and whatever the outcome, it's no big deal. And I, and I, and that's how I feel. Like yes, as, as a fan, I want to see us fucking crush them because I fucking hate these guys. Um, but uh, I'd rather I'd rather see us play well and lose a close one, um, particularly if we don't roll out any special surprises. Um, that's sort of how I felt watching the OKC game. And this, this is what I was saying. Remember I said last week, I would have been happier watching us play good defense and play like good basketball and lose more games. I'd rather just be 500 and playing good basketball than with our record now and playing like shit. Cause it worries me about how we're going to play when it matters. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's why I love the OKC game. We didn't have Shump. We didn't have Kyrie. Um, and you know, our perimeter defense against didn't the- have Mo Patty. We didn't have, well, I was talking about defense, Maddie, so I, so I didn't throw Mo in there for that reason. But, uh, but no, yeah, from offense perspective, we didn't have Mo. Uh, and we didn't have a lot of uh, 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 minutes to spell uh, Delhi with, except with Cunningham. And yeah. I was really impressed with how hard we played them on defense. In particular, because uh, they were crushing us. I mean, they're crushing. They were playing really good offense, but it's all on ter- the worst shot in basketball. Long twos, yeah, which is not something that that, that Russell Westbrook is really great at necessarily, uh, but he was hitting it that night. So they were all hitting these, these deep twos, contested twos, and that was their whole offense. That was like, you know what? Tip your cap, fine. You guys win. That's great. <laughs> That's we we did our plan. You guys happened to hit the shots, but this is good defense. Yeah, and they, they are also, starting to show their that that they're rounding a little bit into that defensive form. Yeah. I'm sure Mozzie's got something to do with that. Shump being back, although that, big time. That's I, not been, what happened in OKC, but that I've helps. Been, I've been saying for a long time. I think Moz got kind of the key um, uh, to this defense. Uh, certainly, certainly for I mean the stretches he's in there. We have other lines we can throw at people, but you know we need Mozgov in there to be crushing in that first quarter. And you know 
the second half. We, we, it's, he's, a, he's an important steadying force. And the kind of weapon you have at any time to be that guy who just goes straight up and, and makes it really hard to make a fucking basket. At the oh, rim. yeah. Um, he's our, he's our failsafe. Um, so, yeah. So, I, I don't want to see us reveal too much. I want to see us play really good defense. I don't want to see us get blown off the court. Um, that would make – as long as it's close and tight and we play good defense on the most unstoppable offense in the NBA – I, I will feel pretty happy about this. My my big my my greatest fear is that we get blown off the court and it's embarrassing. Right, which is possible. Is possible. Now, Maddie, we haven't talked about Kyrie coming back. How do you feel about Kyrie? Um, I like that they're taking it slow with him. I think that's appropriate. I thought he looked pretty freaking good, man. Yeah, I mean, he was rusty starting off. Obviously, he's missing the shots around the rim, but he was yeah. getting to the rim whenever he wanted. The one yeah. he got open on one three pointer with just some nasty. Oh. Nasty shake moves, man. That mm. I love Kyrie, and he played. He was playing. I mean, like he's playing against the fucking Sixers, but he was playing good solid D in terms of like keeping guys in front of him. He was the hustle was there. You know his head's in it. Um, I, I I feel very positive about him. He took a couple of hits. He he, he didn't seem shy about going to the basket. No, not at all. Uh, I, I got, which makes me nervous every time he falls. You know. Uh, Especially because in the offseason he was saying he was going to tr- do attack yeah, a little bit less, less, I think. Yeah, but. yeah, but that doesn't seem to happen, which is you know good that he did, didn't happen, I guess. You know, because that's his game. It's gonna, you know. I'll tell you the other thing that's exciting, Pat, is uh, the jump that Delhi has taken this year. Oh and yeah, I think we've I think we've seen enough now to start to say that this is real. Yeah, no, I said last. Do you know week, he's shooting a better percentage from three yep, points yep. than, uh, than I, Mr. Steph Curry? I was just about to say. Uh, uh, I saw that stat on catch and shoot threes, and like uh, it's not on threes entirely, right? It's catch and shoot threes. It was all. I think, it's over, I think it's overall three point percentage is higher now too after the other day. Well, Curry's been cooling off for the past uh, two three weeks, so people have been talking about the crazy records. Um, right. Uh, it is unavoidable. It is your destiny. It is pointless to resist, my son. Steph Curry will always hit a million threes. It's like you know. Anyway, sorry. This is my anger coming out. Delhi Delhi has been excellent and playing himself into some money next year. Oh, I'll big tell you time! What. I don't know if we're gonna be able to afford him. Um, nah, we'll we'll. I think we're gonna keep him. Probably. <laughs> it's such that he's restricted again. That's that's very helpful. And he is. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, no, he's. I mean, first of all, we said this last year. I kept pointing out early when we were saying, "Who can you leave open? Who can you you know not bother guarding?" Yada yada yada. And we said, you know. Harrison Barnes, I was right about that. Uh, um, uh, I was wrong about um, Iguodala. Uh But uh, you know, I kept saying that you know they couldn't leave Delhi open because I mean, for two years straight he's been hitting forty percent from three, like forty percent. Like these, you know, Kyrie hit forty percent one time. Did you know that? Yeah, I was shocked. I, I went back to look at Kyrie's numbers versus Steph's, uh, you know, in their first mutual four years in the in the league. And they're all very close, actually, even on assists, honestly, which is surprised, which surprised me because I always I, I was uh, uh, associated Steph with higher assist numbers, but his big his his big assist numbers came in the fifth year, mm-hmm. um, and a big jump there. Uh, the big difference was Steph was always hitting like forty three, <laughs> uh, and uh, Kyrie was more on thirty nine, which is very good, but it's not like you know. Uh, Boss numbers. Part of that was, you know, the bad teams he was playing on, and it's not surprise. No surprise, they hit forty percent with the Cavs last year. Right. I just, I just feel like Kyrie's a better shooter than this. He's not as good as Steph. No one's good as Steph. But 
Kyrie is going to be, I think his baseline used to be 40, and I, I expect it to be, I want him to shoot more, even though he's, you know, he's not as good as shooter Steph. I want him to be taking a ton of threes a game. I, am I crazy with that? No. It just He's the one guy who should be shooting this shit. shit I don't want LeBron taking that. Not at all. And there's a whole bunch of uh, offense that we can run that's just about LeBron in the post and running Kyrie off screens to get open. Yeah. Yeah. Kyrie, having Kyrie and Love running around to catch the pass the threes, even though Love's not hitting, you know, it, he's only hit like 40%. Yeah. You know, actually, I think Love's hit 40% more no, often than Kyrie, right? One, oh, in twice? his career? Yes. Yeah. Twice, right? Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. So, you know, and also having, like, to pair Kyrie with then Delhi, who's really hitting three, or Mo. I mean, just, that's a lot of three-point shooters around LeBron. That's yep. fucking great. So, I just – we got it. We got it. You know, these are better shooters, frankly, uh, uh, percentage-wise, than a lot of the guys that, um, you know uh, – I mean, not, not Steph and Clay, obviously, but there's just more of them. And yeah. I feel like that can really be uh, an equalizer. So, um, all right. I, I feel like we have you covered the, the, the game. What, 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 are, what are your predictions? How do you feel? God, I have a hard time separating what I want from what I think will happen. <laughs> I don't think we get blown out. Um, I Old think we're going to be freaking amped up for this one. I think, you know uh, I, think it's a, I think it's a close game, and I don't know what I – I guess I predict we lose because it's, it's, it's out here versus yeah. in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a close one. I really I, – do you remember <laughs> – I think it was LeBron's last year, first time around. Uh, we had a Christmas Day game against the Lakers. Yes. And we were super amped up for it, and we just took it to them. Yeah. That was fucking great. That's what I want. Oh, that's totally what I want. I, 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 yeah. The problem is the – well, the Cavs are a better team than that Cavs team. The Warriors are a way better team than that Lakers than team. That Lakers team. Cool. I know. But, uh, but yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. I, that's, so that's totally what I want. But I'll but. say my real prediction is Warriors by, I don't know, five. Yeah, I feel like, like a one hundred three ninety eight kind of game. Yeah, that, that I'd be ecstatic with that. I feel like it was just a crazy thing to say. But honestly, no, it's a, it's a regular. It's a regular. Don't forget, it's a regular season game. The Warriors are really fucking good. Like, if this was any other team, I would be like, I really want us to fucking win this game, period. Just on, on force of strength alone. But this is a historically great team. I want, us, I want us to show, without showing our hand, I want us to show we can hang on the basics. Yep. I don't need us to win. I want us to show we can fucking hang. And it's like, you guys have been in a fucking dogfight. Now, everyone's going to say, oh, you had all your guys back. You had Kyrie. You had love. You still fucking lost. No, no, no. Fuck that. Regular season doesn't, give a sh- doesn't, doesn't fucking matter. You know? Yeah. We we, yes. cleaned, we we cleaned your clocks in the regular season. We we blow you up, blew you out by double digits. That we know. In the regular season with all three of our guys. So uh, suck a dick. What um, I really want to see is um, love being effective. Yes. TT. I don't need them to be perfect, but I need them to be effective, and I need TT to play against them like we played in the finals. So you can mm-hmm. do that. Absolutely. I need Mozgov to do what he's doing, um, and I need to see. Um, I need to see a lot of ball movement. Because the thing is, the, the Warriors, man, even when they're playing poorly, when they're playing poorly against the Celtics, man, they just move the ball so fucking well. Every single one of those guys knows how to pass. They aren't, like, ex- excessive, like, passing just for the sake of passing. Right. You know, they have the Spurs-level passing, right? The Spurs gas and passing. So, um, yeah, that's I, I want to see us pass the ball like they can. I want to see us defend at a fucking high level, harass them. I want them to look bothered. Yeah. I want them to look nervous. 
And I don't care. I don't care what the outcome. I, I just, those things I want to see, I want to see us play balls out on defense. I want to see us make them worry. I want to see them. I want to see us make them sweat. I want to see us pass the ball. Like I know we're capable of passing the ball. I guess a really tough defense, obviously. Um, that's, that's what I'm looking for out of this Cavs team. And um, we'll see. Yeah, I'll let the chips fall where they may. Yes. Um, Patty, before we go to our big finish, I think we should also touch on the fact that uh, Amon Shepard delivered his baby in the bathtub oh, Jesus, right. and used his Beats by Dre uh, <laughs> headphones, headphones cord. to the umbilical. That's amazing. Oh, my God. And I love how he used an excuse for his bad shooting in his first game back. He was like, I couldn't get into a gym, guys. It was uh, – that's why my shooting wasn't good because I was yeah. busy delivering life. And, and, and salvaging it with fucking Beats by Dre headphones. Uh, uh, I, I should use that excuse. That was incredible. That's one of the crazier stories I've ever heard. That's nuts. Pat, you got I two mean, kids. Can you imagine delivering one in your bathtub? Jesus Christ. No, we talked about this. Like, you know, you saw, you know, you, take, you, you go to those, like, you know, birthing classes. You see the videos and the fucking crazy-ass women that try and deliver babies into, into like, bathing pools. Yep. Just what the fuck? Man, just just go to a fucking hospital, man. So much shit can go wrong. <laughs> Childbirth in, 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 in the real environment has a high death rate. Just Extremely go to high. Hospital. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. I, I just, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's also, this must be an enraging story, too, for, for, you know, women who went through 30 hours of labor, like my beautiful wife. Uh, I mean, Jesus. 30 hours of labor, that was like, what, 20 minutes? <laughs> Seriously. I mean, they're like, oh, I think I'm at fully in labor. Let me call the ambulance. Oh, it's coming out. <laughs> so that, that was the story. <laughs> so crazy. The other, the other quick note about Shumpert before we go to the finish is, you know, he's got 90 shaved in the back of his head. Yep, that's the, that's the, that's the year he's born. I know. Jesus I, my mom was asking me that, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, well, 90. No, he couldn't have been born then. He's playing in the NBA. And then I was like, oh, no. No, I'm so old. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's so bad. Uh, oh, by the way, speaking of your, uh, uh, of your mom, I saw your mom and your sister at the um, my family's McMinnon holiday Christmas party in Cleveland. I heard. Uh, sorry, you couldn't make it. Um, I brought up uh, our dispute, by the way, with them, and um, they totally agree with me that you were really prone to despair. Like when I, when I mentioned that, I was like, "That's just so prone to despair." They were just like, "Oh God, yes, yes, yes." <laughs> Like it was some thing that's in your family that you that you have this this tendency this dark this dark side tendency to just yeah I've been paying sick. attention for the last thirty six years <laughs> oh that's that's depressing oh speaking of speaking of which this is a good segue then into our big finish um, all right so I saw Star Wars this weekend uh, with my son Arthur who's four years old as many people know um, he's also huge fan of the dark side he's a huge fan. <laughs> Of the bad guys, uh, stormtroopers, uh, uh, Darth Vader, because the costumes, like he loves their outfits. That's what he cares about. He liked the clone troopers, too, but the clone troopers and the prequels, which are terrible, uh, were the good guys. So he didn't mind that they were good guys. Is that you know? So anyway, point being, end of the movie, he's crying, and it's again, spoiler alert, spoiler alert to the nth degree. If you still haven't seen it and you're still listening and you don't want to hear any spoilers about the new Star Wars film, stop listening. Just turn this off now. Stop it. Turn it off. I think I've, spoil- I've done enough spoiler alert. Right. That's, a, that's enough. All right. Uh, uh, so at the end of the movie, he's crying. 
And I, man, I'm so, I'm, I'm convinced he's crying because Han Solo dies. And I'm, you know, I mean, I fucking cried four times in this movie, which is embarrassing, but, you know, that's not embarrassing. <laughs> I, I, I cried, I cried during Michael Collins. I've cried during six, six Pixar movies. So it's not, it's not, it's that's not true. Really, this is not news. I, I am, I am, I am a world renowned pussy um, when it comes to movies. I get, I get choked up over anything. I, I even fucking cried during Independence Day. The oh, movie. God, that's Bill right. The third I forgot time, about that. Oh, not the first time, not the second time. The third time I saw it, I, I chalked this up to me being sick with a 100-degree fever and being doped up on, on Tylenol. So, you know, but it, it is what it is. I did cry in that movie. I, Whatever know. lets you sleep at night, buddy. The, the first lady died. Her ch- children. It was terrible. It was, it was a sad moment. I got, I got upset. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so, I mean, I cried when Han Solo died, and it was terrible, and I, I had feelings about that. I thought for sure Arthur was crying, crying, crying. You know, he's crying over Han Solo. I said, Arthur, why are you crying? You said you showed me Han Solo. He's like, no, it's the bad guys lost. <laughs> I was like, what? The stormtroopers lost, and he just keeps crying, crying. And like, I'm holding. I should have known this because Arthur literally went to the movie in a stormtrooper costume. I, I dressed up in a stormtrooper costume, stormtrooper mask. He had a stormtrooper gear. He was going to. He was so excited about the stormtroopers and the bad guys and the chrome trooper and everything. Uh, Captain Phasma, and he was crying because because the bad guys lost. And then I kept talking to him about on the drive home, and eventually he just said to me, he's like, "Daddy, why, why do the bad guys always lose?" <laughs> and I, I just, I just, I didn't have a good answer for him, but I kept thinking to myself, I was like, "Oh God, like, ah, this is what I've done to him by making him a Cleveland sports fan." <laughs> yeah. He's gonna, he's gonna ask this question to me. And I don't know how many years. Right now, he's still kind of like, you know, not fully grokking uh, emotionally the Cleveland sports fandom. But, you know, he's going to ask you at some point, why do the Browns, why, do, why does Cleveland always lose? And I'm, I'm not going to be able to tell him anything. Pat, what in specific at the end of that movie bothered him? Because they didn't really lose. They just didn't I, win. Yeah, you know, I think the, the planet blowing up and a lot of the stormtroopers dying, and I think honestly he was just honestly he was just exhausted. He didn't have. A but does the planet blow? The, the Death Planet doesn't blow up though. It just this. It just. Uh, it turns into a star. I didn't get that. It was that was the worst part of the movie. Does um, it explode? I don't. I don't. I didn't feel like it exploded. I thought it just didn't. didn't it turned, fire. It turned into a hot ball, didn't it? A big hot flaming ball. It looked like a, it looked like a mini uh, planet-sized star. It was weird. You think all those people are dead that were on it? Oh yeah, the whole pla- the whole planet was self-destructing. Well, the whole planet was disintegrated. Like that's why the, the Earth was falling. Oh, in. you're right, because it's the same. They blew up the Death Star again. That's right. It yeah. upset me when I watched it because I was like, this again. Yeah. No. Exactly. It was. It also didn't make sense to me. I, I think Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, had some fruitless tweets about the star- science of Star Wars. Like, you know, I, like I agree with you. Um, you know, but Star oh, the Wars, science. I don't care about the science. Star, Star Wars has never been about the science. Star Wars, Star Wars has been always miscast as sci-fi. It's it's fantasy. It's fantasy with a space environment. You know, just let it let it go. It's hard. It bugged me because I know enough about sci- about astronomy uh, 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 to to know that that the whole concept of that weapon made no fucking sense. Uh, it just looked really fucking cool, and that's all I, I did. I, I, I went with that. So that's as far as you need to take it. I'm just upset that they ran through the same plot device that they'd used two times before. And it was totally unnecessary. It, it, there was so they much They can't come happening. up with anything new? A new they weapon? They, were, they didn't need a new weapon. They didn't need it. They just needed, like, you know, a, a rescue mission would have been enough. Honestly, think about it. It's just rescuing Ray or whatever or, or, or you know, 
uh, uh, recapturing some, you know, the, the map that I took from Luke or uh, of Luke's, but that was enough. They didn't have to have a huge Death Star no, apparatus. It, it, there was so much going on, so much emotion. Adding the Death Star thing added a layer of suspense that was not needed, and it, and it cheapened it. I feel like I would have been less upset by, you know, I, I, to be clear, I was happy with it. I, I, I was happy. It, to me, it was the it's better than the prequels. That's all I asked of it. That's all I wanted to be was better than the prequels. It was way better than the prequels. It was just shy of being as good as the original trilogy. Um, and I hold out hope. Uh, this gives me real, genuine, I think, realistic hope that they can certainly hit that note at some point in the next uh, two movies or more that they make. Yeah, so th the argument I heard for that is that uh, it set it up adequately to do whatever. Like, it was sort of a total yes. reset on the series, a palate cleanse from mm -hmm. the prequels. And while it re was perhaps a retread of a lot of Star Wars material, that's okay because now it leaves them in a place where the next uh, the next films can go where wherever they need to go. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the new characters are so great. Even if the if the rest of the original cast never appeared again, I'd be happy and would eagerly rush to watch these movies. Um, but I'm happy that you know Maya Holland Solo. Sadly, we'll still get Luke Skywalker. We're going to get a lot of him in the next movie. We'll get. Well, it seems like he's got to be one of the main characters, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Chewbacca is going to be in there. Chewie's, Chewie was fucking great in this one. Yeah, he was you, used you, very well. You had issues with Han Solo. I, you know, the, it's just it's just sort of sad seeing him old. Yeah, I guess. Look, I mean, uh, to me, it was nothing. It was Harrison Ford as old Han Solo was vastly better than Harrison Ford as old Indiana Jones, which never actually happened, I think. There was a rumored fourth movie that was made that I'm pretty sure... You know, sure it's funny, Pat? I actually have it on in the background right now. I swear <laughs> no. to you. I swear no. to you. No, I'm pretty sure that movie was never made. I'm watching him it and Shia LaBeouf. No, no. Right at that, this moment. See, that's how I know you're fucking it's with on, me. It's that on the sci-fi channel. No, that never happened. That movie never happened. That, that's, that's not a real thing. Shia LaBeouf, seriously. Shia LaBeouf and an Indiana Jones movie, this is how I know you're lying. <laughs> uh... But no, but, but he was, I mean, aside from the, da the goddamn Harrison Ford growl, which is funny, if you read, I read some of the articles and like, I think J.J. Uh, Abrams talked about this, like, it, it was clear that J.J. Abrams tried to talk him out of this, the, the fucking Harrison Ford growl, and Harrison Ford kind of like, <laughs> fuck you, I'm Harrison Ford, yeah. you're, lucky, you're lucky I'm doing this goddamn movie. Uh, it, but it didn't bother him so much, he didn't do it a ton, and because it was delivered in the, he had the right kind of cadence and he did the right... Uh, uh, Han Solo lines and 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 to me he 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 was Han Solo again. He was an old cranky, you know, uh, roguish Han Solo, and it fixed what was wrong with the Return of the Jedi, where he kind of got domesticated a little bit, you know, at the end of Return of the Jedi, and now he was back to his smuggling ways. And uh, he had the best lines of the movie: "Move ball, I, move ball." Oh, you're cold to to, to, to Chewie. It's great. It was all very. I I agree. They used him well. I just don't think that you can keep using him like like he. he he can't get out and be his old self again. That's not going to happen. They got about as much out of him as they could in this one. And I think rather than trying to go back to that well and failing as they would moving forward, I think they're better served with well, and that's, sending, and that's, sending them off the way they did. Agreed. And what's great about this is that they're putting guys in the right roles, right? One being if Han Solo is going to be there, Han Solo has to do Han Solo things. We need, we need you know, uh, uh, Finn to be doing the Han Solo things. Because Finn, like Han Solo, you know, tries to do – great things and constantly screws up right that's what's great about finn's character he's funny he's charismatic he's happy to lie there's that great line of like you know uh, uh, you know yeah. uh and my you know my advice they always find out yeah <laughs> something like that it was, so you know there was a good passing of the torch i think to to, to to finn 
Uh, and that's the point is that is that Han Solo can't keep can't stay around if if we're gonna give life full life to the new characters. However, Luke can certainly stay around because he's sliding nicely into the Obi Wan role. Uh, Chewie can keep his own role, his old role. Uh, R two and C three PO certainly have room for BB eight, who is fucking awesome. And I mean that was that was BB eight was fantastic. You saw who did the voices for that, right? For what BB eight? Yeah, he had a voice. Yeah. There, there was, uh, I read about I this afterwards. That. There was like, there, it was cre- in the credits, it's credited as, uh, I can't remember exactly what they called it because it's not voice by, but it's like voice work by, uh, it, was, it was Bill Hader and uh, <laughs> oh, that's the so guy funny. who plays, uh, I'm forgetting his name, it's Schwartz, I think is his last name, or Schwartzman. Schwartzman? No, 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 no. The guy that plays uh, John Ralphio on Parks and Rec. Oh, get the fuck out! <laughs> yeah, Ben Schwartz. I think the Ben Schwartz worst. is his name. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Uh, so those two guys came in and apparently recorded stuff, and they they went and futzed around with it and converted it into the little bleeps and blorps of that uh, of BB-8. But you're right, that, that was that was very well done. A great character. The 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 the, the quick dialogue between Finn and BB-8, since you know Finn can't understand what BB-8 saying, BB-8 using a, a, a Bic lighter. Because <laughs> 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 it was great. Yeah, that exchange uh, was excellent. And particularly, like, I mean, you want, I mean, he's just like, he's, uh, the, the best part of the droids, they're always like little pets, right? And it is that moment where, where BB-8, like, sees Poe Dameron again, his master, and, like, rolls so fast, like, knocks Finn out of the way to rush back up to, you know, his master. It was like, it was, that was fucking cute. Uh, well done. Um, no, they had all they had all those beats, you know. Yeah, I think he did about as well as as you could. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I, I said I, I I had plenty of issues. I didn't have any problem with the the recalling the 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 old plot with the droid having the secret plans. It was a nice throwback nod. I was fine with that, but then adding the Death Star, Death Planet on top of it, that yeah, was just too much. Uh, yeah, and, and as you, as I said, at the end of the day, it was totally unnecessary. It was totally untied to the droid plans. Like it's yes. distracted. No, from one Luke, had nothing Luke, to do with the other. The Luke storyline should have been the main one. So that was that was that was dumb. Um, do you, but, um, Pat? Do you feel that that Finn is is force sensitive? I believe is the PC term they use now. <laughs> There's a PC term for it. I don't know. I've seen force sensitive in some of the, the literature. Yeah, I don't know if it's PC sensitive. I think it's just the the, the term for it. Uh, or strong with the force is another way you can put it. Now, uh, strong implies I, that somebody else is weak. It's more force sensitive. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, uh, I don't think so. I I'd be disappointed if he was. I think I think the whole reason the whole positioning him with the lightsaber was just was just misdirection to to distract us from the idea that Ray was going to be the one in the final lightsaber battle. Um, I was more bothered with how quickly Ray was able to pick up the force stuff that just didn't mesh with my understanding of the star Wars universe, what was possible. And that always bugs me when you break the rules. You know, right. Unless she's, yourself. unless she's extremely special pet. Right. Which is what they're, they're hinting at obviously. And I'm presumably she is. Um, and it's kind of like tough, like, you know, Kylo Ren then gets punked out. It's this great character you build up who is exactly what Anakin Skywalker should have been in the prequels. You know, whiny, um, conflicted, but super sinister, terrifying, uh, terrifying, you know. But, you know, he's a really good sinister guy, super powerful. We've never seen anyone stop a laser blast. Like, no, that, that was pretty awesome. That was awesome. I mean, even Darth Vader didn't do that. Darth Vader, like, let them, I guess it's more, is it more, is it more best to freeze a, light, a blazer, a blaster? Or let it blink off your palms. I guess blinking off your palms is a little more badass. I don't know. Freezing was pretty awesome. That showed a pretty uh, high level of control. 
uh, anyway, but yeah, see, he was a great character, and and the fact that he's got trained to complete tells you that. Um, and he is wounded by by Chewie, which I was happy about. Chewie got a shot in on Kylo Ren after he killed yes. his father. Um, you know, uh, I thought that was all set up really well. Uh, uh, I have a feeling, as I was saying to you, that Kylo Ren's going to be like a motherfucking monster in the next one. He's got to be, right? He's going to just be terrifying and crush. And if they follow the the kind of rhythm of Empire Strikes Back, uh, I think it's going to be an upsetting ending to the next movie. Um, I'm wondering. I'm wondering. Which means what? Luke dies. Yeah, I'm wondering. He's going to kill Luke. I think he's going to kill Luke. I mean, but can can he kill Han Solo and fucking Luke? Maybe it's too obvious that Luke's going to die. I don't know. I think certainly Mark Hamill would like that. I think Mark Hamill's not happy about having to have that grow that fucking beard. Um, why are these guys so? Why are they so unhappy about getting back into this movie? No, I think Mark's excited about it. He's not excited about the beard. Uh, uh, Han, seriously? Uh, yeah, seriously. Mostly, mostly he's complaining about the beard. He's never had a beard in his life. It itches. He fucking hates it. Oh, fucking grow up, man! As, as soon as they stopped uh, filming and he had he had time off, he just shaved that beard off. You know, he's like, oh god. Anyway, but um. Yeah, so he's going to be a big part of the next one, certainly. Um, or, or maybe he won't fight at all. Maybe he'll play the Obi, uh, the, the Yoda role in the new in the, in the original movies and just be the you know. Well, the next trainer. one's got to be him. His reluctance to train Ray, right? Yes, yes, exactly. Because of what happened last time. Um, but he's yeah, she, uh, right. And and you do not think Ray is his daughter, even though that was very strongly intimated. Yes, this is my big my my big spoiler uh, uh, call. Uh, is I. I think she's Obi-Wan's daughter. Oh, I'm sorry, Obi-Wan's granddaughter uh, uh, for several reasons. One, um, she has an English accent, which is huh. significant um, because uh, John Boyega has an English accent, but Finn does not. They made a point to make it, give him an English, American accent. So the, the English accent was a choice from uh, 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 Daisy Ridley. Okay. Two, I think it's significant that they named uh, uh, Kylo Ren Ben. Ben Solo is his given name. Named after ben, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi. I think that's yeah. significant. Uh, uh, three, I think it's two, they, did not, they, never conf- they never confirmed. Like, they had plenty of opportunities to. When she came up to Leia and got a hug. When she saw Luke Skywalker. I was expecting her to say father before they before we wrapped right did you kind of have that feeling she's gonna say something like you know father like have that confirmed and then end the movie mm, no i thought they'd save it okay uh but there's they're hinting so strongly at it to me it's like you're losing all the dramatic punch of revealing that she's luke's daughter it's gonna be like oh of course yeah it's gonna be such a right like, so it's uh, almost like they need that misdirect in order to right to me it's another else. misdirection the way they did with john boyega uh with finn's character I think it's another misdirect, and that's why I think it's uh, Obi-Wan's daughter. It also makes sense because the storylines, right? Obi-Wan trained Anakin, and Anakin became Darth Vader. So he failed, Anakin became Darth Vader, and then Darth Vader killed Obi-Wan. Luke Skywalker trains Ben Solo, Han's son. Ben Solo becomes uh, um, uh, Kylo, Kylo Ren, evil Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren kills his father, Han. Uh, maybe he'll kill... Luke too. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, it would make sense for um, it, it begin, so the story kind of this whole story kind of begins with Ben's failure, with Obi Wan's failure, right? If the the original Star Wars trilogy was about Luke um, uh, redeeming his father, then the whole nine you know 
episode story arc, if we, if we limit ourselves to nine uh, episodes, could be about uh, Obi-Wan's granddaughter redeeming her grandfather's failure, hmm. which lost the whole thing. So there's some poeticism there. There's another uh, theory that Obi-Wan had a daughter and then his, you know, had, had a you know, bastard daughter uh, who then... Uh, so basically that Rey is the daughter of that woman, but that Luke is also her father. Luke actually... Um, slept with Ben's daughter. Yeah, mm. that's that's another theory that's going around. Uh, not going around. It's a theory that I have with my Star Wars friend, who's a bigger nerd than I am about Star Wars. Uh, so that's the other thing. What's so, up with the uh, What's up with the dude that had the map of where Luke was that Max von Sydow played? Yeah, it was kind of a throwaway. I here. guess we're going to find that out in the next one, right? I Something don't got to revealed about him. I don't know. Maybe he was a throwaway character. Um, he it was sort of oh, because he's dead. He gets killed, right? He's dead. Yeah, he's done. He gets killed by uh, Kylo Ren. That's I think right. I think it was just a high-profile, you know, cameo for an important. Well, I guess a lot of this scene. stuff is gonna. There's, there's, there's. That's what's uh, so great about this. There's so much more to reveal, right? There's so much we don't well, know. Well, and there's and there's all these other movies that they're doing that are not the the trilogy that are going to some of that stuff, right? Yeah, like yeah. there's rumors today that there's going to be a Yoda origin movie. Mm-hmm. Well, we already uh, know- there's supposed to be the Han Solo. There's gonna, there is going to be a Han Solo movie. Yeah. Well, first up is Rogue One, which is the I think this is the uh, uh, Ocean's Eleven style story. How they got the plans to the Death Star, which is a great fucking concept. Yeah. Uh, what's interesting is that um, the same screenwriter uh, Lawrence Kasdan and his son are writing the Han Solo origin story, um, which will be good since since uh, no one wrote Han Solo better than 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 uh, Lawrence Kasdan. So that's yep. that's that's exciting. Um, and then, uh, I don't know what else they're going to be, but there's also, the, there's, there's novels, right? I'm, I'm nervous about whether it should be the novels that they've already published that uh, cover the period between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. Cause one, it reveals some of the stuff we don't know about. Like we don't know about how, da- how, uh, Ray got left behind that planet, who her parents are. Um, we don't know anything about Finn's upbringing aside from what they reveal a little bit. In it. And that was cool. That was a really cool thing. They sort of like let go. Mm-hmm. It's clear that stormtroopers are also much more badass and mean as shit in this yes. one than they were in the previous ones. They are much more murderous. They're better shots. Yeah, <laughs> like they're much more capable, clearly, than they were in the last one. It seems like, like you know, they're the clone war. The clone troopers were like the best of the best, right? Because it was like you took one guy who was fucking awesome, and you took LeBron James and and cloned him, right? So of course they were fucking awesome. The stormtroopers sucked because they didn't have the money to do the clone troopers anymore. I guess, right? They were just recruiting from throughout the galaxy. Um, and it seems like now what they're doing is they're getting kids while they were young and, and then training them almost like the brainwash them. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, they're slightly they're not quite clone level. Cause they mentioned the possibility of cloning in the, in the first like 20 minutes. Oh, I think Kylo Ren was upset that he didn't have clones because right. he didn't do what he wanted. Yeah. Right. And, and uh, general Gox, by the way, Donald Gleason was fucking great as the Hitler-esque uh, yeah. uh, uh, guy. I love that. Those I love that dynamic. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah. And so there's, you know, clearly there's a step above here, which is kind of, which is a really nice, I, I, that was a really w- good way to, to pay forward that, that, that story arc between the, of, of the stormtroopers. Um, anyway, uh, Maddie, I've taken you past your deadline and I think I've taken past my self-imposed deadline. I was so close. It was so, so close, close. Maddie. but then star Wars got in the way. Uh, come star on, Wars. come uh, on, you get a pass on star Wars, come so. on. You're we, not moved, we moved anymore. into the Star Wars stuff before the 50-minute mark, so that was pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. I agree. You get a pass. Uh, anyway, so the Star Wars stuff was a, a, an extra treat for anyone that gives a shit about us talking about Star Wars, but uh, uh, you know, 
there is that. So uh, anything else to add, Maddie, before we uh, go about the Cavs, Warriors, Star Wars? No, let's let's take care of the Knicks tomorrow night. Yes. Nobody yes. gets hurt. Yeah, no one gets hurt. Let's not get embar- Let's not have a have a, uh, a disheartening. Performance. No, I don't need a letdown performance against the yeah. fucking Knicks before before the big game, and then That's... let's then let's keep our fingers crossed that my flights uh, go on time, so I can <laughs> oh my god be home right. safely in Cleveland to watch the game. <laughs> yeah, if I'm flying while this game happens, Pat, I'm gonna lose my shit. Oh man, I hope you're at least flying like JetBlue or something. No, 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 Cleveland, no, no, no. Can't no, watch the game. Uh, terrible geez. United Airlines. Does United Airlines have Wi-Fi? Uh, bad Wi-Fi. Yes, yes, they do. Find out because worst case scenario, if it's like delayed, I'll give you my 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 password. See if you can watch it. Okay. On uh, 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 oh no, you have it. You have Lead Pass. You don't have to. Well, I, mean, I, I just think streaming on in those situations tends to be a little what on a flying at seven forty seven. Yes, <laughs> be in the air. Why, in why coach. <laughs> Uh, all righty, so that does it for the uh, Cleveland Sports Hour. Uh, until next time, this is Maddie and Patty saying. Friendship. All right, all right, Maddie.